0: What's up? This is episode 122. Topical Zoom. We are talking about success. What makes you successful? Let's do it. One, two, three. Let's go.
1: Welcome to the Design Your Thinking Podcast, a show where we think, learn, and explore the product mindset so you can design better products every day. And now, your host, Karthik.
0: Hey there, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining me again today on the Designer Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Karthik, and I just cannot wait to get started. Now, we've done this kind of episodes in the past. This is the success factors where we actually go back and listen to some of our guests who we've had conversations with and listen specifically to their successes. Now, why do we do this? It's good to have conversations with a lot of people, right? But it's more important for us to take a moment to stop, look back and reflect upon successes and failures. And in this specific uh, set of episodes, we actually spend time looking at their success and reflecting upon our success. I really hope you listen to this very carefully and take a moment to reflect upon your success. I think it's very important that every once in a while, we take a moment, uh, some time, and reflect upon our success and understand what really makes us tick. Why are we doing what we're doing? And why is that I am successful? Now, this question is something that's very important. And I really hope you take time to do that immediately after listening to this episode. All right, it's now time to move on and start listening to our guests. So this is the way we do it. I will quickly introduce you to the guest, followed by the answer that they gave me when I asked them this question as to What is that one reason, that one thing that makes them successful as a product maker? All right, let's do it. All right, our first guest is Mona Patel. Now, we had her back in episode number 99. Mona is a dynamic entrepreneur with 17 years experience convincing leaders at some of the world's biggest brands to understand, value and optimize their customers' experiences. Not to mention, she's the best-selling author of Reframe and the founder and CEO of Motivate Design, a UX research, design and staffing agency. Now let's do this. Let's listen to what Mona thinks is the reason why she is successful.
2: Yeah, um, it's a great question. So I'm going to go with, you know, just because I am a user researcher, I'm going to go with data first, which is mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about what do people say to me? You know, what's the most common compliment? And the one that I'm honored to get, but the one that I get the most and the one that I get the most is mm-hmm. that I inspire them. So I'm backing out. I'm, I'm thinking aloud as I do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm backing out and saying probably the thing that's made me most successful as a product or UX person is um not just passion, but contagious passion, hmm. you know the idea that i I bring it you know it, it is very rare for me to be in a room, and I am not the most passionate. but what I think is the secret is I don't keep it for myself. I make sure that other people you know get that, and mm-hmm. um I do love what I do. I love helping people, I love d- understanding them, I love helping them break through where they feel like they can't do something. Um, I'd say the other thing that, you know, if I didn't go the backwards way, Mm -hmm. um, what I feel like I do really well is I'm just really fast. You know, I talk fast, I think fast, I activate fast, Uh, I'm quick, I'm precise, I make fast decisions, Um, I'm direct, so my feedback is fast. I think that's been a signature for me um, and has definitely helped me with success. I just keep moving.
0: That's brilliant. In fact, she talks about contagious passion and speed, or she says she's fast, Now, these both are amazing qualities and I've seen a lot of people who are like that. The first thing about contagious passion. Now, it's not about passion. It's about being contagious. It's about having the urge to help people. It's about being resourceful. Are you one of them? Are you always helping people in your team? Are you constantly looking out for problems that people around you are facing and trying to help them? Now, as product managers and makers, we are always working with teams of people and what happens is eventually the success of what we are and what we do largely depends on our team. If our team does well, we are successful. So it's about having that contagious passion, trying to reach out to people, help them, and at the same time have the passion to go and learn stuff. Because people need help and you don't probably know all the answers yourself. So you need to go and learn fast. So that's Mona Patel for you. Now let's move on. Our next guest is John Vars. Now if you remember, we spoke to John back in episode 93. So let me quickly give you an introduction to John. John Vars is the Chief Product Officer at Varo Money, an all-in-one mobile banking app. Previously, John was the Chief Product Officer at TaskRabbit, Vice President of Product at Say Media, and Co-Founder of Darkster. He began his career as an Engineer and Engineering Manager at Travelocity. Now, let's quickly give a listen to what John had to say about why he thinks he is successful.
3: Yeah, um... That's a good question. I mean, I think like you know, one of the the things that I've always uh, put a lot of emphasis on in my own development are the soft mm-hmm. skills, or you know, you know, the emotional, the EQ. I don't know what's the emotional quotient, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think it's like, you know, how do you how do you create shared ownership? How do you inspire people? How do you how do you get people to see the meaning in something? How do you get people to feel the urgency of a project but not necessarily the stress from it? How do you, you know, give people feedback in a way that's not going to make them defensive? Um, So all these, like, soft skills, you know, and and ways to, like, bring stakeholders and your team members into the process and make them feel part of it and accountable and, you know, like they're doing something, you know, greater than the sum of the parts, I think is, you know, has really – you know, allowed me to go as far as I have. And I, and I look for that. And I think that's in product managers, I think in many roles, but especially, especially in product managers, you know, where you don't have any, you know, direct authority over mm-hmm. people, but you have a lot of, and you have a lot of stakeholders and team members of different types. And you're, you really kind of have to bring all those together. Uh, I think the soft skills are, are super important. The other thing I think that's, you know, a similar Similar to soft skills, but maybe getting more specific, I think is just, Mm -hmm. you know, especially at startups, is this ability to be comfortable with ambiguity and volatility and complexity and just, you know, not freaking out when things are, you know, not totally mapped out (laughs) all the way from start (laughs) to finish.
0: All right. So John attributes his success to his ability to deal with ambiguity and he talks about soft skills. Now, soft skills is a very, very interesting uh, you know, set of skills because you just can't pick one, right? Un- unlike talking about things like communication or for that matter, talking about things like uh, being able to make decisions. Now, these are skills that you can really pinpoint and acquire. But what about soft skills? Soft skills is pretty much everything under the sun because you're talking about things like, you know, John says, being able to establish shared ownership being able to establish meaning, getting feedback, or for that matter, dealing with different stakeholders. Now, all of this is not one particular skill in play. It's about the set of skills that comes together. And one of the key things that goes in here is being able to live them yourself. Like they say, leading by example, because as product managers, you know, and and we've heard people say, and you experience this like me, we don't get to really have people reporting into us you have to lead by authority so when you have to do that all of these um, attributes or traits is something that we have to start exhibiting first so think about this and the second thing that he talks about is being able to deal with ambiguity now dealing with ambiguity is not just the job, not not just something that entrepreneurs deal with we product managers or for that matter even um, user experience designers have to deal with them too because you are dealing with future because you're talking about the future of a product and the future is always ambiguous right (laughs) so think about this how have you been able to embrace the soft skills and being able to deal with things that are unclear or uncertain how do you make decisions think about them because your success perhaps lies in one of those areas. All right now let's move on to our third guest. Our third guest is Mike Knoop. Now he is the co-founder of Zapier which is a very interesting software and I, I use it personally and let's see what Mike has to say before which let me quickly give you an introduction to Mike. Mike is the co-founder and CPO at Zapier, a 100% remote company that aims to help people across the world automate parts of their work. As CPO, Mike runs Zapier's product teams today, helping them set and execute their roadmaps and strategy. Mike got a mechanical engineering degree from the University of Missouri and now calls San Mateo his home. All right, let's now listen to what Mike has to say about his success.
1: So I can probably answer that in two ways, one for me personally and one for the company. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, like, the thing that I really enjoy, the thing that gets me up out of the day, right, uh, out of bed in the morning for Zapier, is every like, six months, I get to be doing something new. I get to be learning something. and that's defi- I, I get to be building things and learning things. Mm-hmm. And those are like, the two things that I love doing the most. Even when I was like, uh, an engineer, you know, I, I was definitely not the best engineer in the world. I just did it because I liked building stuff and writing software was the easiest way I knew how to build stuff. Mm-hmm. Um And these days in zapier like you know because the company's grown we're about close to a hundred people now, um fully remote that's comes with a new set of challenges uh, as the company's growing and scaling then um, every six months it's different uh, you know in the early days that's figuring out how to get your first customers, figuring out how to like charge customers, um figuring out like what problems they have so that we could like expand the product mm-hmm. uh, you know these days those challenges are more like working on uh the company (laughs) instead of in the company so it's how how do we scale the product teams we have who are the right people to be on product teams what should the goals of those product teams be Mm -hmm. how do you keep teams like inspired and motivated to work on those problems Mm -hmm. um and just seeing that that like shift of the spectrum has has been really exciting for me Um, and i think one of the things that's like you know made made myself if anything successful in zapier is just that like um interest of keeping learning you know because I've got this interest in keeping learning, I think that's what's like, enabled me to grow the company. Um, you see a lot of uh, uh, entrepreneurs and early employees uh, mm-hmm. for this point as well who are really good for a certain size of company. And they kind of cap out because they realize, oh, I really like building a small product and launching it. But I'm not really interested in scaling a big company or running a big organization. Right. Um, and I think that's one thing that's uh, worked well for me is I, just because mm-hmm. I really like learning, I've been able to kind of grow with Zapier as happier it's, as it's grown.
0: All right, that was Mike Knoop for you. Back in episode 105, Mike and I had a very long conversation about a lot of interesting things and success was one of it. Now talking about Mike's success, he says his success is because, or rather he's successful because he is always on the lookout for learning new things and building new stuff. So what's the takeaway? Always look for stuff that you can learn and always try to see seek opportunities where you can build new stuff now building new stuff need not be necessarily about building a new software it could be something physical or it could be something as simple as writing a blog because what happens here is when you learn new things you want to internalize those learnings and the only way these learnings get internalized is when you actually put them to action which is actually writing about it or doing something about it and that's when learning truly happens That's the secret of the human mind and I really hope you go and explore this further. All right, now let's move on here. Let's move on to our last guest for the day. Our last guest is Kevin Stegawal. Now, Kevin and I had a very interesting conversation back in episode 110 and episode 111. And let's see what Kevin has to say. But before that, here's a quick introduction to Kevin. Kevin is a full-stack product designer with over 10 years of experience designing, researching, marketing, planning and building products. From package design in big box retailers to indie games in the App Store, Kevin has a passion for designing experiences that make our lives easier and more enjoyable. He believes pie is better for dessert than charts and tortillas make the best utensils and that iphone 4 is the best screen size for a phone all right more about that you can go to episodes one one zero that is designerthinking.com slash episode one one zero or designerthinking.com slash episode one 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 now let's go and dig a little deeper into what kevin thinks the secret for his success really is
4: Sure um, so successful is definitely relative uh, I think mm-hmm. what's what's definitely kept me going and, and in the industry uh, and employable is uh, adaptability um, I, I actually I started off in uh, advertising mm-hmm. uh, and if you go back even further than that in school my dream was to uh, design title sequences for movies mm-hmm. and so in school I was taking uh, film classes. I was taking animation classes. You know, I I worked in after effects and and final cut and that was, you know, where a lot of my interest lied. And then when I got into my major, um, you know, going through the art school, Hmm. I had to take a typography class and that was my first kind of like roadblock in, in this dream of becoming a title sequence artist because I was in my head, I was just always thinking I'm gonna do the editing, I'm going to you know tell these really cool stories. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really think that actually a lot of my time is going to be spent pushing pixels around between you know kerning and letting. And I just I couldn't do it. (laughs) Uh, I I I love typography. I appreciate good typography. Uh, I just don't have the patience to do it myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm totally lazy when it comes to choosing fonts. Everything ends up being Helvetica. Uh, and so that was kind of like, you know, it was, it was the first step where I had to take, or, you know, the first moment where I had to take a step back and say, okay, you know, I've come this far, these are the things I love about what I'm doing, but there's some obvious roadblocks here. Uh, how do I spin this and and how do I adapt? And I realized that, you know, what, what I, what I really liked the most about title sequences was being able to tell a story. Hmm. And with my major in school, it was very easy for me to uh, transition into advertising uh, it, was, it was kind of the, the, the same, all the same core classes, uh, same teachers. So so it made an easy transition there.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And I realized, you know, advertising, at least the way I, I approach it, and, and I think a lot of people share this uh, mentality, is, you know, advertising is telling a story. Mm-hmm. And in this case, you're, you're selling a product, um, but you're still trying to communicate to the end user who's, you know, viewing your ad, purchasing your product. Uh, this is the story of the product. This is, this, this is how the product is going to make you the hero, uh, or this is how the competitors of this product are holding you back, right There's all these different angles you can take. Uh, and that was exciting to me. Um, that got me going uh, through, for, for the first part of my career. I worked in Chicago for uh, five years for first start excuse me, for a startup agency. Um, had a great time. Uh, doing all that, and we 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 kind of did everything, right? We had mm-hmm. we had billboards. Uh, I had some some TV spots in Times Square. A lot of print. Wow. Uh, we had package design, um, but you know this was uh, mid two thousands, and so at that time, one of the, the big things that companies were starting to explore was the web, and beyond just banner ads, but people wanted to do micro, microsites, microsites. Um, and that, that interested me a lot because it it allowed me to kind of start to bring in some of that interactive, uh, motion and and graphics that I had learned doing title sequencing, uh, studying, um, into advertising. And so I, you know, really, uh, found myself kind of adapting and pushing myself in, you know, I I taught myself how to code websites and I taught myself flash, uh, not very well, but (laughs) this was a time when, when flash was, was pretty uh, predominant in in that respect. And so, yeah, I I just had to kind of like learn all these new tools. But at the end of the day, I was still in my head doing what I felt I've always done is just, again, telling stories. Uh, And then where that brought me into kind of where I'm at today in, you know, designing product, uh, SaaS products, is um, one of our customers, uh, a client, wanted to build a uh, a website that was effectively like a eBay for tractors,
3: mm-hmm.
4: and we we took the job, uh, but we were understaffed for it. You know, we we were designers, we were advertisers, marketers, but we didn't have a development team. Mm-hmm. And that was like my first aha moment of you know, oh this this is how these bigger websites are actually made. There's there's entire teams behind this. It's not just you know we can't come in and just design it. And expect it's going to get built the right way. So we had to, we hired you know a couple developers. Um, and that was kind of my first, again, my first exposure into then being like a, a product manager. you know so'm I'm, I I'm, was still designing the app, but then I was also working with the dev team. I was doing stand-ups with the dev team, um, working in pivotal tracker and kind of going through that writing user stories and all of that. Uh, and it really kind of exposed me to that. That world of of apps and, and development, and that you know was like a like a light switch for me of mm-hmm. you know that's really now <laughs> what I want to be doing, uh, and so yeah, so I transitioned out of advertising into that, moved out to Portland mm-hmm. um, during that time, and uh, hooked up with a company here uh, called Crowd Compass mm-hmm. uh, that builds mobile apps, and so I was kind of like the UX, the first UX. Uh, designer on that team, so I did all the design, rethinking you know, of the new platform uh, moving forward, and that's where then I met Dave, who is uh, my co-founder at Notion. Uh, so yeah, it's been been a long, winding road to get to where I am today, but it definitely exposed me to a lot of, you know, different different steps uh, or you know different disciplines uh, that kind of all now roll into this full stack uh product designer that uh that i think of myself as
0: all right that was kevin's take a while for you talking about his success and as kevin says his success lies in his ability to adapt or adaptability as he calls it um, but the way i kind of looked at it is a little different because as he explained his uh theory of adaptability i really understood it this way that his, ability, his strength lies in his ability to see and tell stories. Because as he explained about his transitions from across different roles, from advertising to design, to product management, to entrepreneurship, I think one thread that goes along the whole story is his ability to join the dots or connect the dots, as Steve Jobs said. And he, in retrospect, looks like calls it as adaptability. Now it's time to think about this adaptability from your life. Looking back at your career, at your life, what do you think is the one thing that runs through your life that you think is the central theme of it? Like in Kevin's case, it is, as he says, his ability to adapt across situations and use his learnings. Now go back and, and look at your life and career and see What is your success factor? Like Kevin, like Mike, like John and like Mona, you also have a success secret. Go and figure it out. If you'd like to know more about how to find out success secrets, hit me up on Twitter or hit me up on my email. You know where it is. Till I see you in the next episode, I really want you to think about what your success factor really is. And I think it's important for you to do this right now because that's the one thing that's going to take you a long way in your career and life. All right, that's all I have for today. You can find the show notes for this episode by heading over to designyourthinking.com episode 122. That's episode 122. I'll have the links to all these different episodes where I interviewed Mona Patel, uh, John Wars, Mike Knoop. And Kevin wild on and all the useful resources that you can probably use to understand your success factor. Thank you so much for listening in. And if you really enjoyed listening to this show, please, please take a moment to leave me a rating and review. Just head over to designyourthinking.com/slash iTunes. That's the place where I want you to go. And it just takes a minute or and maybe 37 seconds. Just go there, follow the cues, listen to a few episodes if you haven't listened to them and please leave me a rating and review. I really truly appreciate your participation in this journey but my goal is to spread the message of taking action and I really hope you find success by doing stuff and I invite you to join my newsletter program the DYT Insider. Just head over to designyourthinking.com insider that's the place I want you to go you'll be asked to enter your first name and your email address just do that and I would love to see you in your inbox every once in a while thank you so much for listening in again and I really wish you all the best in finding your success secrets cheers
1: Thanks for listening to the Design Your Thinking podcast. Subscribe to our newsletter at
3: www.designyourthinking.com.